Hello again, and welcome to episode 115. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, the uh, the audio was all screwed up. So let's try that again. <laughs> Hello again, and welcome to episode 159 of SDGC for Thursday, August 22nd. If you're not aware, Super Foreign Gamescast meets right here each and every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we discuss the latest gaming headlines with a wide variety of panel members and guests. We also do a whole bunch of other stuff as time allows, like a separate show about movies and television, community game streaming, a mental health support show, and a bi-weekly morning show every other Friday. If you've been along for the ride so far, welcome home. And if not, hey, feel free to stick around and maybe throw us a subscription. Every single podcast is archived the following weekend on our YouTube channel for those who like to watch. And you can find us on all major podcast services for those who like to listen. <laughs> and before we start tonight, <clears throat> um, excuse me, Ugh, that was ill-timed. Uh, before we get going, <laughs> I disgusting, John. I know I'm gross. I'm 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 a I'm a, I'm a gross guy. Uh, I'm I'm like almost forty, Red. What do you expect? My my lungs are filling with phlegm. Like I've got liver spots appearing. Like God, I'm just, Dad. I'm, I'm nasty now. But, but uh, we do want Sorry. to uh, we do want to uh, send our condolences to all the individuals at Game Informer who were laid off. Um, I, I've been following Game Informer for a very long time, uh, and of course, uh, everybody that was everybody that was let go is extremely talented, and I am super confident that everyone will find um, will find work again in the industry. But our hearts go out to you, and uh, we hope that you're able to get back on your feet soon. Uh, seriously. Seriously. Um, make, make a heart. Yeah. It, oh, Reb. <laughs> That's what I got. So, how is everybody tonight? Yeah, I'm uh, good. I'm pretty good. I'm tired. <laughs> Justin, do you want to do you want to show do you want to show your kitty? Do you want to show everybody <gasps> in chat your? Oh, sure. I I don't know if you can see him because the video is oh, not yeah, working yeah, on my is. end. Hi, Zeke. His name Zeke is Zeke. Is so I have named him yeah, Zeke. I can see him fine. Yeah, he's right there. Look at that. I think he likes, that he looks extremely judgmental all the he, time. He really he does. does. Yeah. He does, but he's nice. Oh. He's a good. He's a good kitty man. Uh, yeah, he he likes to hang out on the table right next to me when I do the show. So mm. we're just getting acquiring more and more pets. Brandon, do you have any pets? Uh, I grew up with a cat, but now I don't have one. Oh, you should first get a pet and then get a webcam. And then if you don't want to be on the camera yourself, just point the webcam at your pet for the just whole podcast. Have a and dog. we'll all be so happy. Just Brandon should get a hamster or a gerbil and then just Why? point the camera at the hamster or gerbil for the entire podcast. No, get a dog. I want to look at a dog. <laughs> no, I, I don't like dogs. <laughs> get a cat. Get a cat. Podcast cat. Podcast, podcast, podcast. I guarantee you, I get, <laughs> Reb is in rare form tonight. I guarantee you, if if uh, if Brandon got a cat, he'd name it Cloud or 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 Sephiroth or something. Podcasts. My, my chocobo in Final Fantasy fourteen is named Cloud. So my chocobo is named. You're Doug not Corman. wrong. I was thinking about that today. I've got cats named Robo and Luca after the Chrono Trigger yeah, characters. Those are good and, names. And I think, like, I mean, I don't want to think about them ever dying because they're my light, but. At some point, they will. It's going to happen. And so I think that, um, assuming I get more cats in the future, I'm just going to keep it up and keep naming them after Chrono Trigger characters until I go for the whole party. That's a solid fucking strategy. Nice. I think it's a really good strategy. The thing is, I don't want to name one Chrono because it's like the most obvious one, but at some point, I'm going to get to Chrono. 
Well, you're also going to have to name one frog at one point. That's yeah, great. Will. That's the best <laughs> cat. I have a cat named Robo. What is that? And it, it's, it's like a lady cat, too. Because Robo, I mean, it doesn't matter, but like they're cats. They don't care. But like Robo is like coded as a male name. And so, because it ends in an O. And so people are always think that Robo is a guy cat. And I'm like, no, no, that's just what her name is. You know, Reb, uh, talking about Chrono Trigger, so I was playing Dragon Quest IX S on Switch the other night. It's not the same game. Oh, no, 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 no. I know, I know. <laughs> I know, but, but Akira Toriyama, of course, does the artwork. That's true. And I had a dream last night that uh, Square Enix remade Chrono Trigger uh, with that with that high-res, uh, colorful Toriyama art that we mm. see in the Dragon Quest games. And I got. No. I'm not gonna lie. It was like I woke up sad that it didn't exist. No, I don't want anyone to remake Chrono Trigger. It looked really good in my dreams, Red. They. I don't <laughs> want. No. Why would you? Why would you take a sprite-based, top-down 2D game and turn it into a 3D adventure? Everyone thinks that that's a good idea, but like. It's not a good I mean, idea. I, think, I, th I, I thought it was a good idea like 20 years ago, but yeah, not anymore. After, I genuinely after think actually experiencing these remakes for myself. Link's Awakening is cute. It, it's it's still Link's Awakening is still top down. I mean, for the most part, like there's parts that aren't. Um, but that was the, that way in the original I mean, game. But like, it's also it's super look what stylized. They did with the Secret of Mana remake. Like I, I don't want. Yeah. The Secret yeah. of Mana remake is garbage. Yeah, that's my example for why this is a bad idea. But the thing the thing about Link's Awakening that I think is going to make it work is that it's super stylized, right? Like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think... I don't well, think it's also like, Reb, it's also like a... What is it? Like, it's like a one-to-one -one recreation of the original game. Like, it is it it is Link's Awakening. Like, it's just... Yeah. Kind of, it's much prettier. It's cute. You know, yeah. I can't fucking wait for that. Game. You know what? You know what they need to fucking remake in HD? What's that? Mario fucking Sunshine, bitches. Mario so, Sunshine's so good, John. You, did you actually play it? Yes, I have. I've played every Mario game. I so. love it so deeply. I, I, I like Sun. I like Sunshine a whole lot. I know I that's an unpopular p opinion for some reason, but no, I like Sunshine a whole so lot. It was so much fun. I have like a deep, warm, sunny spot in my heart for Sunshine, and basically everything on the GameCube because that was my first home console that I owned. Same. And Sunshine it was just so much fun. It was so bright and silly and colorful, and I loved it. And I. I can't go back and play Mario 64. I understand why people love that, um, but it's it's too clunky for me to go back and play because I didn't play it originally, so I don't yeah, have that nostalgia. I, I'm the same way. Yeah. I like the first Mario Galaxy. I don't like it as much as Sunshine. I don't like Galaxy 2. I don't think it did anything particularly interesting. And I oh, love I, love, I love the Galaxy games. I, I well, like them okay. They're fine. But Sunshine! Like, so I, I, think so I think if there was an older Mario game, like an older 3D Mario game that could benefit from uh, some updated, you know, some crisper visuals and an overhauled control screen, scheme, I do think it would be Sunshine. Like, I don't think Sunshine is a bad game. I, I don't. Like, I, I don't think there is a, I don't think there is a bad 3D Mario or, or a 3D Mario game. I don't. I don't no, think there is. there's not really. Um, but I, I just, like, I prefer the... I don't know. There's just I'm with Justin. Like, there's something that's so epic about you know about the Galaxy games, especially in Galaxy One when you're fighting Bob Bowser at the end. And you've got that chorus going, and it, it's oh, it's, it's so, mm. it's so good. But I don't know. But the water sun, sunshine's just like so ridiculous, right? Like, like the the final boss fight is Bowser in a hot tub. Like, what the hell? It's so good. We've actually got a really uh, we've actually got a neat uh, Mario question to, uh, from one of our viewers to answer uh, later in the podcast. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Does it have um, anything to do with nipples? It does not actually, but don't I'm think here for to one talk. I'm, I'm here for the nipple nipples, debate. I, I, I have had literally hundreds of notifications on Twitter <laughs> today about Wario's nipples. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> 
so yeah, no, like Wario's nipple. So I don't, see, I don't see any nipples. I don't. There's no I, nipples there. Yeah. So there's like, there's a thing going on, right? Like I, I asked yesterday, and I had people in my mentions about it, and some people are saying there are no nipples, and some people are saying there are. It's right in between, right? Like there are. There are like raised areas where nipples should Dear be. God. Like his his flesh is making the shape like where the nipple should go, but there's no actual nipple attached. There's no to like. It. There's no like. I don't even like. So I've been following this. I've been like I, I had a really busy day at work today, but I was following this as best as I could. Why? And because, okay, John. Like, John, one, one part of that sentence is a lie. Because either you were busy at work today or you were following <laughs> debates about Wario's nipples. Like, <laughs> both parts of those cannot be true. No, no. So, so I took as much time as I could to follow uh, uh, the, the nipple gate. Uh, that has to do with Wario. So, like, like it, it's almost like a Jesus painting, right? Like, some people are like, if you stare hard enough, you can see Wario's nipples. And 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 I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at. I don't fucking see anything, and I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I feel okay. like I'm going crazy. There's so, legit like a like a. There no okay so literally they're they're very lightly textured as far as I can tell. There is, Wario's nipples are so that, lightly textured. Yes. Uh, so depending on how compressed the screenshots you're looking at are, oh, it can so it can be almost invisible. But like it, it, if you get like a good PNG, yeah, you can see them. He has the, breasts. We are the fucking he authority on nipples. Wario's nipples here. He has breasts. What, what if Wario's nipple? What if? Or so like, what if Wario's nipple nipples were eight bit? Like the rest of his body is high definition, but his nipples are just eight bit. Why would it? Why? Nipples. Why not? No, but why? I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just asking. Kids love, so, kids like, love the peelback. I'm looking at a fucking picture <laughs> of it right now. I, I pulled up a picture of of Wario here. I don't see any. Oh, Reb, what are you talking about? I don't see shit. Link, link me the picture. I don't have it. I, I'm not staring at Wario's nipples as we have this conversation. <laughs> I am. Okay, Justin, can you throw the link in there? Yeah. Okay. Please, please throw the so. link into Discord for me. <laughs> oh, I'm you sorry think? about your wife. Person in chat. Of I'm to not for my wife. I didn't want to hear this. Day. <laughs> Sorry, Super nipple maker. Can that that that's actually a really interesting question. Nintendo, can we add Wario's nipples to Mario Maker? I think so. I think okay. I, I think the actual issue here is that we've established in Mario Odyssey that Mario has nipples, and we're all fine with that. He absolutely and has nipples. Yes, he has nipples. That's great. And we would go and come. This is Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games 2020 in Tokyo or whatever that's yes. called. Um, and if, if they put no nipples on anyone, that would be a little bit weird, but we'd all be fine with it, right? Because this isn't Mario Odyssey. It's not like the same level of detail and exuberance um, as like a mainline Mario game. But the problem is in the screenshot, Wario is standing next to Dr. Eggman from the Sonic games. And they're both, or wait, is it Robotnik? I don't Ro remember. I, which, I say Robotnik. Wait, because Ro it's Robotnik's better. Mega Man. It's Eggman and, now. And Eggman is Sonic. Sorry. No, I, it's Dr. Wily. <laughs> What the fuck? Who are these Dr. people? Wiley is Dr. Wily is Mega Dr. Man. Dr. Wily is Mega Man. Dr. Wally. Who's Robotnik then? Robotnik is the original. Okay. So no, it's, it's a translation It's Eggman in the United States. It's the same States guy. It's, it's the same. Okay. So it's still Eggman. Yes. Yes. What a stupid name. Sorry. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Robotnik I don't write about video games. Robotnik is the better name. Yes. I don't fucking know what I'm doing. Anyway, Dr. Eggman is standing next to Wario and they are both shirtless because I presume they have just participated in a swimming event. And Eggman has very clear, like John, you can see Eggman's nipples, correct? Yes, I can. Absolutely. They're you very can see, like, very they're defined. Clear, defined yes. nipples. Oh my God. And Wario has 
Wario, questionable nubs. He just has yes. fleshy, fleshy mounds where his nipples should be. Yes. And and I don't like so. This begs the question: Is Wario even human, or is he like some weird troll? Is he like a weird creature? Because I don't know. But here, here's the here's the one thing that I truly believe. We don't have evidence of this yet uh, from these pictures, but I truly believe that Waluigi all nipple. He's all nipple. just he's, he's just one nipple, giant nipple. Yeah, I mean, his- it's gonna it's not like clear when he has his clothes on, but he's gonna come out with with like shirtless. And we're all going to look at him. And for a second, we're going to be like, wait, what's his nipple situation? And then it, our eyes are going to widen. We're going to wait. I see it now. This whole time, he's just been one giant nipple. So, so here, yeah, it's been right what? in front of us the whole time. Yeah. You know what? I've got, I've got a theory to throw at everybody. Okay. Oh, no. So God. everybody has observed Fuck. the color of, of Wario's nose, right? We see on his mm-hmm. chest that he has no nipples. What if, what if he's actually no. not human? What if some weird creature and his nose is his nipple? Will you stop insulting my Wario like this? I'm just I'm I'm asking the fucking questions that need to be asked. Ah. The next WarioWare game is gonna be really weird. <laughs> what were we talking about again? Wario's nipples. So I want to talk Gamescom. Yeah. All right, fine. Let's talk about Gamescom. <laughs> Although we, I'll, I guarantee you, we'll find a way to circle back to Wario's nipples at some point. The uh, real disappointment here is that Derek couldn't be on the show tonight, so we couldn't get him to one dress up as. War, I almost said dress up as Derek. One, dress up as Wario. And two, demonstrate to us whether or not Wario has nipples. Well, his Wario costume does not have nipples. I do know that. <laughs> I think I think what Reb means is that like Derek just puts on the Wario hat and then takes his shirt off and says, There, debate you know, debate's over. Wario's got nipples. Yeah. Derek's like the most attractive person on this podcast, so I mean like behind me, but yeah, I agree with you completely. Sure, John. So anyway, <laughs> no, Derek is Derek is a handsome man. He's definitely got the most baritone voice. Yeah, it's the voice. voice. Yeah, he's got a voice that can make a Wolverine purr. (laughs) So, so so his his voice is like a honeyed potion being poured into your ear. Oh my god! It is. That's what it is. Sweet elixir. Tell him it's like a honeyed. It's like a honeyed. Tell him you were like like speaking seductive words about him on the podcast. I hope he hears it. I hope he hears it, Derek. Your voice is like rich, silky, melted chocolate poured into my ear. That's what it's like, Derek. I'm I'm just being real with you, man. All right. I'm just being real. All right, Gamescom. The entire podcast has a crush on Derek. Yeah, of course, of course. Gamescom. What do we think? So, so I want to start with I want to start with, I want to start with Justin. Let's start with Justin. Justin, give me one highlight from Gamescom. It doesn't ha- doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what game. What jumped out? What what when you're thinking about Gamescom? What jumps out at you the most right now? Um. So we found out what Death Stranding was. That was fun. <laughs> yes. Please, let's talk about this. That was- even in the Gamescom trailer. That's that was true. That was some other guy. That was the behind closed doors demonstration. We're gonna plug. We gotta plug that. Keep talking. I'm pulling this up because we gotta. This guy did good work. He found out the question that we were all asking. We gotta count this. What that story? So there was a behind closed doors showing that actually. Okay, I have it in front of me. Sorry, I will let you. I will let you go uninterrupted. It's called "I Have Seen Death Stranding at Gamescom and I Finally Understand What's Going On." It's by Josh Josh West. Go give it a read. Sorry. Go, Justin. What we saw was Keeley had about a 10 minute introduction uh, for Kojima himself. And then uh, two two character introduction trailers and then a gameplay demo, which just involved Norman Reedus waking up, uh, taking a piss with how many milliliters he had in his bladder measured on screen. Uh, delivering some boxes to a hologram of Jeff Keighley, 
and falling <laughs> off a cliff and making a baby cry and then having to shake it to make the baby feel better. And that was what we saw. <laughs> so, so this, so like I was told, and, and I can, I can tell you right now as a father, don't ever shake your baby. You should never shake. Do a not baby. shake. You don't even have to tell us that as a father. Like, like I have never had a child. I have never seriously considered giving birth to a child or adopting one or doing anything with a child. But I know you don't shake. You a baby. should not. Yeah. I'm, I'm aware giving you bad advice. You like this is, this. this is real bad. Okay, the baby is in a pod. It's fine. The baby is in a pod, suspended in liquid. It, it's cool. Is it a baby or a BB? It's it's BB. a it's a baby. It itself is a baby. The whole thing is a BB. It's the a, whole thing is the BB pod. Yes, it's the BB pod. It's the BB pod. Okay, so I have heard people describe this game as a walking simulator. Is okay, that what this no. Is? Fucking opinion about this. Okay, yes. So go, if you read the I Have Seen Death Stranding at Gamescom and I finally understand what's going on article, it explains like what the gameplay of this game is. And the gameplay of this game, as far as this person understands it from one demo, again, understanding that, yes, I know there was shooting in the trailer. Understanding that we have not seen the full game. The main bulk of this game is walking from place to place and activating these like communicator modules to connect the United States again yeah. after some cataclysmic event or whatever. That's the game. It's walking around an environment and talking to people. And there's like, there's been this whole like ongoing thing. Like it could, if you call that an exploration game um, for a while, walking sim was, and some people do can still consider that kind of a derogatory term because it um, started as a way where people, people would like kind of insultingly talk about these exploration games and they'd yeah. say, Oh, well, it's a walking sim. It's not a real game. It's just a, you know, you're just walking around. That's not actually anything. Um, but some people like, you know, thought it was cheeky and funny. And now walking sim has kind of gotten a softer tone to it. And I was like, yeah, it's a walking sim. Like, it's fine with that. But I hope my, it is. I mean, walking yeah. sims are great. Yeah. And there, there was shooting in one of the trailers. Like, like there may be other forms of gameplay, whatever. But it seems like the primary gameplay is walking around. And that's fine. But I, I'm like kind of peeved about this a little bit because I have like a super soft spot in my heart for indie games and like little tiny studios doing really cute things and cool things and like like games where you walk around and explore and talk to people that's been a fucking thing for years like 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 fucking decades even that's that's like old as dirt and people have been like so down on it like walking sim was a was like a derogatory way to refer to those kinds of games for the longest time and there was like this huge dismissal of them as not being real games and then fucking Hideo Kojima comes along and I know I know he's done great work I know he's probably like a good good human being and a good artist who does, you know, good shit. But he comes along and he's like, I have invented a new genre of game. It's called Strand Social Strand. Strand game. It's strand a strand game. game. It's new. And everyone goes, oh, a new genre. And they lose their shit for this thing and they don't know what it is and what could it be? What could it be? It's a new it's a whole new genre of game. So and then he shows it to them and we get this article. And people are still so excited about it. And I'm like, I just, I'm going to laugh so fucking hard if Kojima, like, suddenly magically, if everybody just loses their shit for this and it's like, oh, he invented a brand new genre. It's amazing. And they think it's amazing. And then all these indie devs are going to be like, what the fuck? And I, I, I get it. Like, I'm sure Death Stranding, I actually think Death Stranding now, that article, I think that it looks, I think it looks good. Like, now that I know, kind of know what the loop of the game is, I think it sounds good. I'll, I might consider playing it after reading that article, honestly, now that I know what it is. So um, I'm really, I'm, but, yeah. I am really intrigued about how it's going to flow. Cause like, we've definitely seen a lot of survival elements in there. Like even the pissing thing was like, Oh, this is, you know, a bodily function yeah, you need to take fair, care yeah. of. Like in, in your journey, we've seen like Sam pulling 
stuff out of his toe, um, kind of like in expanding some of their survival elements from Metal Gear Solid 3. I mean, we know there's the whole um, terrorist group. Uh, there's like the World War One. I just battlefield like thing. Troy Baker's group. Right? Yeah, yeah, Troy Baker and Mad Mickelson's group. We know there's giant monsters. Like, I imagine, I imagine what we've seen is probably the very early part that is more focused on hiking. And I feel, um, it'll go feel, places. Like, because it's like he said, you're going from east to west. So I feel like as you go further west, things are going to kind of get messier and you're playing where the water tastes like wine that came out like what last year whatever yeah but like i I, I think it sounds interesting like um i mean we probably could have gotten this description of what the game is more than three months before the game's coming out but i mean i enjoy the kind of game that he plays with the audience and the marketing and i know it annoys some people it's fun to me like like it, it's 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 different than like all the t- traditional market tested AAA uh, marketing that I've seen. Like, I'm with I mean, I I know so, people could complain about the marketing, but I think the game no, looks cool, and I want to I want to check it out. I, I like, do think it was fun too. I think it was dragged out like way longer than it needed to be. I would have there. There was a time, and I'm this is why I'm salty about this. Like, this is the main reason. Um, shortly after, I think like because he announced it. Didn't he announce it at a games? Uh, Game he, Awards. He, he announced PSX. it at e, he, no E3. E, okay. It was E3 2016. It was announced. Okay, it, it was, was the fall. he literally didn't even have an engine and right. made a real trailer. Uh, oh, I fun. remember like that. The, they gave him like the pro wrestling entrance, and he came down the ramp. And yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's a li- I I think all that's a little weird. I think it was kind of you know fun, fun and silly after he left Konami. I think at this point. Like the the trailer that Keeley showed of him at you know the the opening night live was a little much. That's the kind of trailer I would expect to see after someone had won a very prestigious award for making something incredible or you know doing years of work like the years of work in the industry or something, which Kojima has done, but he's spent the last what three or four years working on this game that we have not seen yet, and so it just it felt like a lot. But the thing that I'm upset about is that he announced that thing at E3, right? He had that trailer, and it was very weird and vague. And a lot of trailers at E3 are weird and vague. The very first time. So I'm like, okay, whatever. This is going to be weird. Cool. Um, and then we got like nothing about it and that's fine. But then there was a, there's an event where I think it was, I think it was Keely. It might've been Keely. It might've been day nine. Um, but it was somebody who interviewed him and it was like in the fall or like early winter after that first E3 trailer. And it was set up. Like I went and I was, I was reporting on it as a freelancer. And I, I went in there expecting to get the first details about what the game is. And what I was basically expecting is for him to say something like, oh yeah, it's an action RPG or, oh yeah, it's a first person shooter. Um, and here's kind of the very bare bones of the plot, like, like real broad, like barely any information, but just like little, little, little bit. And what, what came out of it was an hour long conversation with whoever this host was about the philosophy behind the logo for Kojima Productions. And that's what the whole talk was. And I was just bored shitless. And I was so upset about it. And I'm just like, why can't you just say what your fucking game is? Like, like, I, I think know. at that point, I think at that point, like literally, <sighs> like like I said, they didn't even have an a game engine at that point. I, I think there was nothing to talk about. There was definitely nothing to talk about with the game. The, oh yeah, it's uh, it's weird, and I it's, my... it's it's weird, and I'm hoping that um I'm hoping that in the future, at least, like I don't mind the weird marketing. I think that stuff's fun. 
at least just don't drag it out as much in the future. I think. Yeah, part, I think like three I th- years I, was. I think part of it was just, um, you know, it was after he was leaving Konami. It was a big deal that he was going to be working with Sony. Like, I think they wanted to really capitalize on that. But like. Oh, big time. He, sure. he should have gone quiet, I think, for longer before pulling out some some of the stuff instead of just every like every event trying to do well, something. Not, I mean, it's a hype machine, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I actually want to uh, I want to get I've been waiting uh, all week to get Brandon's reaction to the uh, to the pissing gameplay uh, aspect of it, because I, I don't know why. But when I when I saw that, like, I just. Brandon's. I, I ha- okay. I haven't seen the pissing. I saw the Jeff Keighley thing. I haven't seen the. Pissing. You haven't so, seen the pissing, so, Brandon. So, so Brandon, let me explain to you. You uh, can pee in the game. That's you, it. Yeah, and, no, but and, like, like and where you pee, to it. And where you pee grew a mushroom. A mushroom. And that will be a. Uh, other players will be able to see and interact with the mushroom. And like, well, pick- let me tell you, I I opened YouTube and I typed in Death Stranding peeing, and it is a well covered topic. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> yes, sure you can find yes, that easy. Is. Like well, and and I love the I love the social aspect of it. It's like it's like okay, you know we're all gonna love the you know social aspect. You we're, can, we're all gonna piss you on can the mushroom. Shake your partner. We're all we're you know everybody everybody piss on the mushroom. Like like what what is the point of the mushroom? Like what does it actually do when you pick the mushroom? What what, mm. what is the point of the piss mushroom? I don't know. Does it actually do anything or like I mean when you I mean, see it's interact probably, with it, it's probably an item for other players to pick up. Like, do you eat it? I mean, do you? Does I it, probably do you hallucinate? Two hundred and fifty like, milliliters of urine. I'm not eating a. I'm not eating a piss mushroom. I'm sorry, not even in a it video. Well, it, it literally has a urine counter. It does. Two hundred and fifty yep. milliliters. And you know, Brandon, obvi- honestly, he's just spreading it all over the grass. He's. He's this is a level of immersion I can is... truly appreciate. Oh, he this, peed on the mushroom, is... and now it's like doing. <laughs> okay. Huh. Reb, you fed up with this conversation. Reb's like, I'm dying. <laughs> God, a bunch of men talking about uh, pissing nah, contests. I, I don't know. That's pretty stupid. I don't know. So, so. I have, I, I mean, I have another complaint. So, I, 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 I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this, right? Like, I think I know what it is, Reb. So, so tell me if I'm, tell me if I'm kind of like hitting close to the mark here. The, Especially over the past week, like the extreme Kojima worship throughout the industry is has been a little, I don't know, off putting to me. It's, it's no, that's not that my other. Are focusing on that because I feel like people have more been trying to tear him and everybody that's excited for this game down than anything else. Because I follow on Twitter. Because well, yeah, because everybody I see is like people that I. Like I'm excited for it, and I just see like a bunch of people that I respect usually just being like, "If you think this looks good or interesting, oh, yeah. well, yeah, we were." No, I think the game's radar article. Someone came yeah. out with the game's radar article, and they said this is basically what the game is. And I read that, and I thought, "Ah, I play that game. Yeah, it sounds good." Yeah, I mean, I'm cool. not gonna lie. My like the best thing about the game for me right now are all the memes, are all the memes coming out of it. But I'm sure it'll be a good game. Oh like, yeah, I'm... I I still hold that like release week for this game, regardless of whether or not you're playing it, is just gonna be hilarious it's gonna be so good twitter's gonna be twitter's already good because of fire emblem right now oh yeah fire emblem is making twitter excellent this is gonna just dominate but no i have a different complaint let's hear um and it's like it's like maybe i don't want to get into this too detailed but i so and this is not i think that maybe like the kind of obsession with kojima it's it is like is like maybe a little excessive it's like kind of weird but it's it's also like internet culture like culture is just kind of like that like whatever 
Um, you know, when as long as it's not toxic, it's fine. But that's kind of part of it. Like, this industry doesn't have a really any women who are recognized at the level that Kojima is, and that's not because they don't do good work. Um, I think I my, my theory is that if a woman were doing had done the exact same work that if it, 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 all of other things equal, if a woman were in Kojima's position. Um, I don't think that she would have the same reception. I agree. Um, at all. And yeah, Hennick is probably the most high profile. I don't, I mean, I don't think Henry, she's on Jay stage. I mean, Soul, I mean, Soul Reaver and Uncharted are not on the same level as Metal Gear Solid. So. Right. But like, I just, I think, and, and I don't, I don't think that means that the way people are approaching Kojima is wrong. I, I do think. No, you that, just, you just wish there were more voices in the industry like that. Yeah. I do. And I, I wish that nobody, we didn't have like been this. that close to being in the same position. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I, but I mean I think that's true too with like people like Jeff Keighley um, and you you know hosts and like high profile individuals in this industry like Phil Spencer walking up on stage. I know he's the head of Xbox or whatever, yeah. like whatever. But they're the pe the people that walk out on stage that get these huge cheers and these people who are just like so excited to see them are just unanimously men and yeah. mostly white men. Not all white men, um, you know, obviously like Kojima, but um, like. Again, it's just yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too. Too at a giant that you point out, like Fragile, I, yeah. I don't. My, I, I think Death Stranding definitely looks like a game that I would enjoy playing, but I do not trust Kojima's past representation of women nor his current one. Like, like what was what was this thing? Oh yeah, look at my boobs in the trailer. Like women don't fucking do that. Come on, man. Well, not only that, but like, you, like you know, consider the fact that one of the when you know, like one of the male characters is named like Die Hard Man, and like the other female characters named Fragile, and it's like and Mama God, yeah, like, like God, on, like, why? Yeah. Anyway, come I don't want to. I don't want to get into like the fucking inheritance. I'm not even totally sure game. if like Mama's name is totally Mama. It just might be how they refer to her in the script because she just says I'm. Her. I'm their mama. Like when you meet her, I don't. She, I, they, I don't even know how big a that, she of a character she is. Like, it, it might just be fair. like, uh, you know, because like I think a lot of he, there's a lot of nicknames and stuff that he does. Yeah, so that's that, fair. That like are you know, I mean, qu quiet is indefensible. Quiet um, is a fucking quiet is an, is completely indefensible. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm going to be looking at it with a uh, you know critical eye, but like. There are some very interesting things I've noticed about like motherhood and masculinity and stuff in some of these Death Stranding trailers. Like a lot of times we've seen Redis's character crying. We've seen him like That's naked and vulnerable. Um, we've seen him holding and singing to a baby and stuff like that. And I think I think there is going to be some of that in play, like contrast contrasting the male characters and the female characters. And I think that stuff's really interesting. I. I'm not expecting it to always be handled well, but I think it's going to at least, you know, be interesting. So I want to see everything else, you know, in context, because I have, there, there have been several female characters from Kojima that have been done well. Um, but there's also been a number that were really bad. Doesn't the, <laughs> so, doesn't the boss get fridged? I don't know enough about MGS. The boss? Um, doesn't the boss get fridged? Get what? Uh, like, like, like when you, like when you kill off, yeah. a woman to motivate the man. Isn't that, isn't that what happens? Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not, 
I've not I, played I, I MGS. Think I, I think it's a hell of a lot deeper than that. It's, it's, yeah. Okay, I'm I talking out my ass on that one. That's fine. Yeah, it's it's a really, really complex situation with the boss. Okay, that, that's, yeah. fine. that's fine. And I apologize for I, that I don't, one. No, yeah, no, don't apologize. No, 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 no. Yeah. There's nothing to apologize and, for. Imran's also right that, like, Akumi Nakamura, Nakamura came on stage um, at E3 and I everybody, like, fell in love with her. Like, that was her first time on stage and everybody was just like, oh, my God, she's great. Like, she's so much fun. Yeah, and I'd love to I, see more. I'd love I to see hope that continues like because that. that did seem, like, really wholesome. And I'm really excited to kind of see the end result of her work. Um, and I hope that she continues to get that kind of positive reception like that was that was great i am terrified that it will turn on her because this industry is sometimes a hellhole but you know yes. maybe maybe we can keep it going maybe maybe we won't fuck this one up anyway sorry i do think so, death stranding looks good yeah so sorry I, I i could i could talk about a lot of that stuff for a really long time because like i think kind of the fun with kojima like even when there's like there's a whole lot of weird philosophical bullshit problematic stuff really silly stuff, really fascinating stuff, and really clever stuff all mixed together. And, like, and, you know, a lot of times when people look at it, they look at, you know, just the parts that they like or the parts that they didn't like, but it's that whole mess of it together that, for good and for bad, makes his games really distinct and entertaining for me. I don't know if that makes sense or if that's a no, great you know, way to refer I, to it but like I, I i don't want to spend too much more time on death stranding yeah. just because we're uh we know we're a half hour in and over half an hour in and uh I, we've got there there are some other topics to talk about um a lot of other stuff happened this week like and to be totally honest with you like there, aside from death stranding like there wasn't a whole lot of gamescom that really like leapt out at me um i'm excited for the trials of rana or trials of rana i'm excited for the trials of mana remake uh because i love uh you know i love the super nintendo version of, of trials uh so I'm, I'm looking forward to that but aside from uh aside from death stranding like there wasn't anything that really struck me as memorable from gamescom but i think it's different because gamescom is more for people who are there like on the show floor experiencing these things firsthand kind of like yeah packs. it's like they're bringing they're bringing e3 stuff to Europe. Right, exactly. A lot, of it, a lot of it was updates on stuff from E3 or yeah. showing, like, the behind-closed-door stuff from E3 Although publicly. I, I will say that one of the... I, there was something really cool that came from out of Gamescom this week, and that was the Dragon Quest uh, 11s demo that dropped on Switch. And this motherfucker is 10 hours long. Um, it's a what? legit... It's, it's a 10-hour-long demo, Brandon. That's crazy. Uh, I had no idea. Because the, well, the game itself is, like... 90, sure, 90 yeah, to 100 yeah. hours long right um and your save data actually carries over to the game itself see um, it, i've it, never played dragon quest before i am really uh i'm really gonna i'm gonna check out that demo because i've never played the series before and i can play a good chunk of it for free yeah. obviously obviously it's not gonna look like it would on a ps4 but i'll tell you right now on the switch's little handheld screen it looks great it's colorful the visuals pop and the uh, and the soundtrack it's not that midi based crap on the ps4 version anymore it's fully orchestrated and it sounds so much better it is fucking awesome it's got that 2d mode which is not available in the demo but i've seen uh plenty of gameplay of that 2d mode and it is just i mean the you know for once we're actually getting a definitive version of a game on switch which i think is absolutely great uh, when you know when it comes to you know multi-platform titles and Dragon Quest XI S is going to be 
fucking awesome. And uh, yeah, Reb, I'm gonna move on because I know Reb could care less. No, about, keep talking uh, about the shit you about, like. I love that you like the shit you like. <laughs> but 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 no, like the other thing uh, that happened this week didn't even happen at Gamescom, uh, and that was the uh, the acquisition of Insomniac by by God, PlayStation. The fucking middle. I'm watching Gamescom and I'm like like watching it the other window, and this is like my job, right? It's during my work day. I'm like, all right, I got to report the news. But we're an industry site, so just straight up game announcements are not news for us. So I'm like halfway through the show, and I'm like, yeah, there's no news. And then all of a sudden, someone's tweeting in our DM. They're like, oh, they inquired Insomniac. And I'm like, that's a fucking joke, isn't it? It's a joke account. No, no, that's the news. We're just right in the middle of Gamescom. Whatever. Okay. I love how so a lot of people. I love how a lot of people were like, Insomniac wasn't already part of Sony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah like the reactions to it were some of the most bizarre things because i saw a lot of wait they weren't already and then also a bunch of other people that seem to think sunset overdrive is now the most important ip that oh, insomniac yeah, has ever worked on <laughs> like and, like all the take Reb, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no you go ahead. You, you started. Well, I was just going to say that uh, all the uh, Sunset Overdrive takes I saw were, you know, oh, Sunset Sunset Overdrive 2 is going to come to PS4 and now they're going to port Sunset. I mean, no, guys, it's dead. Sunset Overdrive is fucking well, dead and buried. Like, it's not. No, it's I mean, I think I, I mean, I think all the hot takes are ridiculous, but I do think there's like a genuine question about what happens to Sunset Overdrive now, because this is not. It this dies. Isn't a sh it's not a shitty IP. It's not an IP that doesn't I mean, they, sell. They put out a PC version. It's um, not. Like, it's it, it, no. It's a good game. It's a it's a fine game, but it did not sell. Like it was a flop. Like it it sold extremely poorly. And now that um now that Insomniac is owned by PlayStation, I guarantee uh, like they are locked into uh they oh and so of course microsoft owns the publishing rights of the, of the first game and right of refusal on the sequel so that's also a great point is. but i also guarantee you like like i would love to see more ratchet and clank stuff because i fucking love ratchet and clank but i guarantee you insomniac is locked into spider-man for the next eight years i like, i yeah. think no i th i people keep acting like there's there only one Insom uh, insomniac studio there's the Burbank studio, there's the North Carolina studio, and then they also have a VR studio. Like, it's not just one studio, and we haven't heard from the North Carolina studio in a while. And they specifically, like, in an interview with Sean Layden, he said that Spider-Man and Ratchet and & Clank are, um, are two key IPs for the future. Mm -hmm. I think the North Carolina studio is going to be expanded a bit and work on Ratchet games. Burbank's going to be working on spider spider-man and i think we're going to see you know a fair amount uh of vr content as well um i i i think it's going to be a lot more than just just spider-man so i mean obviously spider-man's the big thing well what happened so here's my question so insomniac was originally responsible for spyro they did the uh activision and toys for bob did the reignited trilogy do we know what the current status of that ip is in terms of who owns it Activision. Activision. Activision does does flat out own it now. Nah. I wouldn't be surprised. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got another resistance at some point. Um, I would. I would love another I'd resistance. Love another resistance because resistance is an outstanding series of games. Real Shane J in chat says, "I don't think we will see much more Spider-Man beyond maybe a sequel." Dude, we're absolutely getting two more Spider-Man games at the least. There's yeah, they. That's that's a given. Like it's they, the highest selling Sony exclusive of all time now. I believe. Um, 13.2 million copies in like what 11 months and yeah on they're, one they're platform. not they're not turning the faucet <laughs> off on that on that one no we're, we are absolutely getting probably several more spider-man games oh yeah um, oh yeah 
Brandon, I, will, I, but will it be Spider Man or will it be Marvel's Spider Man? <gasps> Who can say? <laughs> That's another fucking shit show that happened this week. It's been a it's been a fucking it's been a week for movie and game news. It it really has. And obviously, this is a games podcast. We won't go into the whole Marvel and Marvel and Sony uh, brush up, other than to say we do not pick sides here. And both corporations are big and bloated and have a lot of money and. Like we're not Eat the gonna, rich. Yeah, we're not going to get into Sorry. But, but Brandon, did, uh, Brandon, did did I hear you mention uh, Ratchet and Clank? I wanted to make sure that you were able to. to... Yeah, I, I mean, I think there will be. Yeah, definitely. Um, has there been one since that remake? That was no. like what? No. Or, yeah. Okay. That that one was the last one. Yeah. That remake also. That remake also did way way better yeah, than both Sony did. and Insomniac were expecting. I, I I'm pretty. Here, here's a bold prediction. Bold prediction: We see a Ratchet and Clank game at the PS5 launch. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. They're going to want a strong launch title, and I think, like um, a, yeah, like a budget sort of one. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a good family-friendly title. Yeah. I mean, so is it'll Mac be better 3, than Mac. Yeah, yeah, it'll Mac be better than Mac. It's a family-friendly title. It would be a great game to pitch, like, oh, CG graphics in real time uh kind of thing like um and it's a known ip for playstation uh fans like i i think i think there's a very high likelihood of a ratchet game early in the ps5 lifetime waypoint set in chat asks does ratchet have nipples Hmm. probably not he's a he's a low max um he's he's like (laughs) i i doubt it i reb reb would you like to would you like to take that question? <laughs> Reb, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I, I'm curious. Reb, what are you drinking? What is this? A screwdriver. She just made it on. Uh... Hey, look. I'm paying attention to the engaging conversation. I'm sorry. Oh, Imran's right. It's a Lombax. A fucking Lomax. It's a fucking Lombax. I'm sorry. I'm having a fucking... I'm having a brain fart today. The fuck is um, a Lombax? It's a, a space mammal. It's a it's, it's a space got, rat. It's a space. It's oh, I wasn't sure if you were referring to Ratchet and or Clank or the drink I was drinking. I was like, is this a Lombax? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a Lombax. It is after, now. After you've had enough of them, yes, it can. <laughs> yeah, after you've had five, it doesn't fucking matter what they're called anymore, Reb. Fantastic. I would love another like low key Ratchet and Clank is still branded. It came out what 2015. Yeah, I think so, right? Four years later? Doom. No, it was like 2016, wasn't it? Because it, 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 yeah. it came out the same time as Doom. It was 16, I'm pretty sure. It came out the same time as Doom. Right, right, okay. Well, I mean, three years later, it's still one of the most beautiful games available on console. Like, it's it, that it is a fine-looking... Really fi- Reb, have you played Ratchet & Clank, the remake? No. Oh, you really need to. Yeah, highly Isn't recommend. that like another fucking mascot platformer? Like, I don't it know is, but it is so it's a, it's wholesome a and... Beautiful. And I think I did. I did like ukulele that John, year or whatever. John, I'm not sure if wholesome is the right name. Half of the game's titles are innuendos. And yeah. I mean, other than Arsenal. I don't know. I, I don't play Kando, any games that talk about sex. I only play wholesome Fire Emblem. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck else happened this week? Like, we, we covered Gamescom. Okay, no, no. Gamescom. There was a game announced during the Nindies Direct, or the the indie whatever the fuck they're oh, calling it now. Indie World Showcase or something. It, yeah, I think. whatever we're doing now, we're just calling it that now for whatever. There was a game 
called Best Friend Forever that is Oh, a, the dog game, it's dating a game. dating sim where you date humans, but all the humans have dogs. So you adopt a dog and like take care of the dog and then you also date people and like the team is like mostly women and queer people and they're super focused on like body positivity and diversity and the whole game is just dogs gay shit and romance and i love it i am so excited for this dog gay date game we have a we have an appointment to play it at pax next week oh yeah yeah i do too it's the very last thing i'm doing before i'm hopping on a plane and leaving do, do we know when it's coming out yet or valentine's day i think oh perfect it's my valentine's day present to myself what, what what's the game called again uh best, best friends, friends forever. forever best friends forever best friends forever like oh it, i did it, see that <laughs> Well, and it, it's like it, it, it was it cute. Is, it was really cute. Well, not not only is it cute, but it is like it's so cool to see this level of representation uh, mm -hmm. in games now. Well, it's like indies it, because it, yeah. again, indies have been there's okay. This is like we're not even talking about this tonight, but there was this whole thing where one of the platforms or whatever somebody made some dumbass statement where they like made a pride parade video game and they were like, as far as we know, we think we're the only LGBTQ game coming out this year. And I'm like, you can like fly <laughs> into the sun. There are so many, and the but they're not getting attention because we have like you know mainstream game. We're all too focused on Death Stranding and everything else, whatever. Which is fine, like great games too. Um, but that doesn't mean those games Sorry. don't exist. Yeah, no, it's fine. We can like multiple things at the same time. It's okay. But yeah, anyway, Best Friend Forever is a super queer game, and there are plenty of queer games. So the the concept behind Best Friends Forever, it is a dating sim, but you also have to take care of everybody's dogs, right? Like that's an important part. Like, 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 what is what exactly does that entail? Do you just pet the dog? Do you do you feed the dog? Like, do you have to take the dog for a walk? Um, what exactly like like how does the dog figure into all this because honestly if i was playing a if i was playing a dating sim and and i had a choice i would i would just focus on the fucking dog and ignore my date to be honest with you i mean i think it's both right so like you start by picking a dog to adopt and you take care of the dog and then i think you take the dog with you to go meet other people and the other people also have dogs and so it's kind of like an icebreaker and your dog like helps you meet people i i don't know i we haven't played it yet we don't know this sounds suspiciously like the stuff I used to do uh, before I got married. Like I would bring my dog to the park and be like, "Hey, what's up? Check out my cute dog. You like my cute dog? Look how I'm, I'm really good at playing with my dog. You know, it shows my sensitive side." I used to do that all the time, and it never worked. Not once. I just love like if you watch the trailer. <laughs> I just love if you watch the trailer. There's like a part where they kind of like do a little slide through a bunch of the different characters in the game and they are all different sizes and shapes and colors. Like yeah, it's good. it's so good. And the art's really nice. No, it, that's especially I'm nice attracted for, to all of them. That's especially nice for a dating sim too cuz like yeah. um like dating sims tend to have, you know, very narrow <laughs> like body types and stuff. Like it, it is fun that it's like, oh, this is more of like an actual sim dating sim instead of just like fantasy kind of thing yeah i mean i think like in general i've, I've read some and I, i'm not i like dating sims i haven't played a ton of them but i've liked the ones that i played my general impression is that dating sims have been kind of more on the forefront of you know addressing queer issues and like like addressing diversity of all kinds and See, giving I, people options like that okay but the problem i haven't is, seen that in my experience like with um i mean obviously i'm not that um 
familiar with the genre. I, I do know there is a lot of queer representation, but in terms of body types, I was not aware that they actually... My, my impression is that there is, and I, I haven't like personally played a whole ton of them, but I've read you know articles where people are like, no, actually we've been doing this for years. And the thing is, there's kind of like, there's kind of a negative attitude toward, it's similar to walking sims, right? Like people look at visual novel games in general and dating sims in particular, and they're like, that's not a real game. Like, fuck that. That's not a real game. Like, that's so lazy. And that's not true. Like, it's a fucking game. Oh, it's a game if they say it's a game. Like At, uh, sorry, at PAX East, um, John, do you remember... I don't know if you were with us at this point, but on the f- very first night we were there, the day before PAX East actually opened, there was that little like indie show um, that we went to. And there was a guy there that was showing us his, uh, his Pycross dating sim. Uh-huh. And he was I don't, telling no, us. No, I wasn't there. I wasn't there okay. for that one. Um, I think it was like me, um, Derek, and uh, maybe like Finn and Maddie or something. But he was telling us about this dating sim he was making, and it's like a Pycross game dating sim combo. And he was so, so um, excited to tell us about this game. And like, it was, ju- it was just infectious. Like, I, yeah. like he, the game's coming to PC and Switch um, sometime next year. And like, I'm going to keep an eye out. Like, it, like, especially when you get a chance to like, see the developers talk about these types of games like they're really really passionate about these sorts of things um and like this game seems like one where you can tell that they're very passionate about you know this varied rep- uh representation and everything so it'll be really cool yeah no i'm 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 really looking forward to it and i'm glad i I'm, and i'm glad that that we're finally getting something that is kind of you know, catering to everybody. Like this is this seems like it is trying to be all inclusive, and that's something. I that mean, I- again, dating sims has been doing that for a while. I think we, we've lately had we've had a couple dating sims lately that have have gone gone viral. I guess in a way, like um, uh, shit. What was Dream the Daddy? Real- Dream yeah, Daddy Dream was Daddy. a really big one. This one, I think, will probably go that way too. Uh, what was the one with fucking Monica? The the parody, not the parody, the Monica. the weird Doki Monica. Doki. Oh Doki God, Doki. some. Doki Doki Literature Club, thank you. Yeah. Um, that oh, was, that okay, was a right, big right. like turn upside down on dating sims, but that one went crazy because it was like super super. Sorry, that 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 one went places because it was just super super dark um, by the end. But so so like dating sims are kind of starting to edge their way into mainstream, but there's just kind of a tendency. And Boyfriend Dungeon is another one. That one I think just won an award. Congrats to that game. That game's great. It's a game where you like go through. It's like dungeon crawling, and you find <laughs> swords in the dungeon, and then the swords turn into boyfriends when you. Oh like, yeah, I heard about fantastic. that one. I heard. It's fucking that. great. Yeah, Tanya X Short uh, is amazing. Um, but yeah, so they're doing these things. And I mean, the one the one a few years ago with the pigeons, like that was a big deal too. The Toeful Boyfriend? The bird, yeah. Hattiful Boyfriend. Hattiful Boyfriend, yeah. whatever that is. Hattiful? I, yeah. I thought it was Hattiful or Hattiful. I don't know. I can't pronounce that it. One's so like, there's these that games one. like they, get, they hit like mainstream and people are like, oh, a good dating sim. And like, no, there's so many good ones. You just, you don't play them because you don't think visual novels are really games. And so I'm hoping that now I that we're getting some of them. Visual novels are games. I know we do, but like mainstream internet culture does not. I, and I'm okay, hoping since we're seeing them like in the Nindies trailer, that's a really good sign. We're going to see they're I, they're taking it to PAX. I presume people are going to go play it. Like, I mean, I signed up for an appointment for it at PAX based entirely on the fact that the PR said we have a game about dogs. And I'm like, yep, there. Gotcha. Um, got, I'm, I want that. I've got a question. I like speaking of visual novels like this is a little off topic but i just it, it, i saw somebody tweet about it today and i just want to ask i've never played in ace attorney do i need to oh yes. yeah. yeah yeah absolutely okay should i pick up the one on switch then 
Like, is that yeah. the one I need to play? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. I, I have, have, like, the, have the big compilation on mobile. I haven't gone through all of them, but I, I enjoy them quite a bit. Yeah, I hadn't played them before, but I picked them up on recommendation on 3DS, and I fell in love. They're 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 quite fantastic. Extremely silly, just profoundly silly. In the they're best very way. silly. Cool. Oh, uh, I love like them. Yeah, no, they're they're good. Yeah, pick them up. <laughs> yeah, John, it's, uh, it's a really Imran, good chill one to play too. Imran also mentioned in chat uh, Danganronpa. I think you would enjoy that. Uh, Danganronpa? Yeah, no, I've I've always yeah. wanted to try Danganronpa. I I, I think you enjoy so many it. fucking games to play. That they're I really can't... funny and really twisted. I I played the first one and I loved it. It's too many fucking video games. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Apparently, Tekken Rumble is not for me version? because it has murder yeah. in it. Maybe I'll pick it up. Where yes, else is Ace Attorney is, available? It is, it is a game about... It's a murder game. Murders. It is a murder, murder game. game. Is Ace Attorney... It's a, it's a 3DS game originally, right? Oh, Ace Attorney DS. goes... Yeah, DS. It's further back. But they did... If you're still playing your 3DS, they did a compilation of it. But I guess Wasn't there's, there's the Switch one ones now. Game Boy Advance? Oh, it might have been. No, Actually, no, no, yeah, no, Brandon's right. It was Game Boy Advance uh, yep, originally. Is. Although it sounds like from what I'm seeing in chat that the sprite, the uh, Switch version has kind of some really dodgy redrawn sprites, so I might just go for, like, the 3DS version. Yeah, but if you don't know, I mean, if you don't realize that they've been redrawn, like, you probably don't care. It's only people who have seen the original ones that Gotta care. have my sprites, though. So, uh, we've, Rab, you know me, I'm a purist. Um, you I mean, know, I can have... you be a purist if you've never seen the John, original? John, I have, I have like the mobile compilation, uh, of the Ace Attorney stuff. The redrawn stuff looks really, really good. It's really sharp HD but art. It's Justin, not like. That would require John to play something on mobile. And that's just not going to happen. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Justin. Although I will say the one mobile game that I've played that Reb got me to play, Florence, was really good. Mm-hmm. And there are more. I, I, there are so I, many good mobile games. I, I, I know Ace Attorney is really good on mobile, actually, Justin. Did you like it on mobile? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've played the first two, I think. I can't remember because, like, I picked it up and then put it down and then started over and then finished one and then got through others. I can't remember how many of them I played, but I like them. I like where this chat is going, by the way. I like where this chat is going. I'm just. We're not, not talking gonna... about that. I actually, I had a moment um, like two or three days ago where I woke up and my very first thought was, why the fuck did I make a bet with John that we're not going to have a Nintendo Direct in September? Because we absolutely are. Right? Like that, yeah, like that was a really dumb bet. I mean, I don't know anything. I have no knowledge of future Nintendo Direct. Like, was, I couldn't I think, like, believe you like, made real, that bet. I was like, like realistically, we are probably going to have a direct in September. Also, Maybe, I might get lucky and it might be in October, but we're going to have one in the fall. Reb, Reb yeah. I think you're going to lose because uh, GameStop oh, yeah. just did its, like, oh, we added 18 new, 18 new Switch, Switch shoes, yeah. shoes uh, which is always, which happens before direct. It, okay, it, GameStop it, can go kick rocks, though. It will, um, yes, GameStop. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. GameStop that too. can kick rocks. Um, no, but I don't care. Like I, I was thinking, it's fine if if I lose because if I lose, I get one a free copy of Final Fantasy XIV apparently or whatever. Um, I play a new game that I've not played before and become more knowledgeable about said game. And three, I get an Nintendo Direct. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I think you, I think you're gonna love it personally. Yeah, no, I'll I'll happily lose. I'm a better loser than you, John. I think you will. Um, <laughs> that's true. I just want the satisfaction of actually winning a fucking bet for once. Like, that's yeah, really I'm, all I care about. I just think it's really weird clarifying moment. I was like, why the fuck did I make this? F Tendo. This is a really it, dumb bet. I, I want to say hello to F Tendo in chat. First time watching you. Great show. Mm. Thank You know what? You know what? Welcome. I'm going to gift you a sub. Welcome. Happy you're here. I'm going to gift you a sub, F Tendo, so you could get that sweet. 
that sweet Saki emoji. Everybody, everybody in chat, spam the Saki emoji. You're gonna get that sweet Saki emoji that you're gonna see here. Boom! Oh, look at that. Look at that. Hello, Saki. We need to have like Saki. Saki. We need to. Get, where's Finn? We need. We need. So oh, oh. I I know why Saki's not on. That's okay. Yeah. He'll come back. Yeah, he'll come back. He'll be back. Finn will be back. Um, so we do have some questions to answer tonight. Look at that. Oh God, that's so so much Saki happening in the chat awesome. right now. F10, you better spam that Saki chat. I, I paid for this shit for you. You better spam it. So we got some questions on Twitter that we're going to answer tonight. We got some good ones too. Uh, so let's start with at DJ Stormageddon on Twitter. What dormant franchise would you like to see make a comeback? Ooh. Mm. I, I, I was like thinking about this, this all day today. Legacy of Kane. Mm. I would love, I would fucking love to see mm. Legacy. Oh, hey, Belinda in chat. What's up, Belinda? Hey, Belinda. I, um, I'd fucking love to see Le Legacy of Kane because Simon Templeman's fucking mm. voice acting for Kane is awesome. The writing in some of those games is some of the best ever. And fuck just like great vampire stories legacy of kane was fucking awesome if you've never played legacy of kane or any of those games go back and correct yourself play blood omen play soul reaver those games were fucking great great fucking games legacy of kane or panzer dragoon my second choice that's already coming back it, yeah, yeah but the are remakes, we getting though. a remake yes we are getting a remake we are getting a remake of panzer dragoon yes we, we, we are indeed reb what is a franchise that you would like to see? And I feel like we should set a rule on this one, right? Like, we can't have had a game in this for, let's say, a, a, a decade, roughly. Oh, are you shitting me? Well, then ask someone else. I already had something. Oh, oh, oh well, if you've already got something, then go ahead, Reb. There's no <sighs> rules in this up, podcast. Making up this. rules, whatever. Besides, you can't say Panzer Dragoon because we're getting one. Um, hi, <laughs> this is like maybe maybe a hot take. I want to see We Fit come to the Switch. We Fit? Yeah. Okay, you're going to have to I, explain this one. So I really like We Fit. I, I didn't play the original, but I played, um, yeah, Two at a Giant, that's where I'm going next. Um, I played, obviously, that's where I have to go next. I played We Fit You um, when I had first started freelancing. And this was like maybe, I don't know, like five years ago at this point, five, almost six years ago. Um, because I was freelancing and I was pushing really, really hard um, to, you know, kind of push this. I guess it was a little bit more recently than that. I was trying to get into this industry and I was working like nonstop. I was working a full-time job and I was also freelancing in my spare time. And I wasn't happy with how, like I wasn't physically fit and I was really frustrated with myself. I did not have time to go out and um, exercise. So I would get, we fit you out and I would do the exercises in that. And it wasn't like super hard cardio, but I felt really good afterward. Like, and it helped me like stay accountable because it, you know, kind of very gently said, okay, Hey, you haven't done this in a couple of days. Or it would like, you know, tell me encouraging things or, you know, and the activities were kind of fun, you know, like ga gamified, um, you know, fitness and stretching and things like that. And I felt really good while I was playing it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I, I don't know what they would do about the balance board situation. I think that would be kind of like maybe questionable. Maybe they would have to make a new one or something. But I think sure. the joy, I think the joy cons are like a natural fit for this they, kind of they thing. Really because they really yeah. are. They do have the straps and they're not these giant clunky Wiimotes. And I think it would make really good sense. Labo. Uh, <laughs> balance board. No, no, I don't want to stand on your sweat would destroy that thing in five <laughs> minutes. Like, I, if if yeah. I tried to stand on a cardboard, <laughs> do we fit balance that? board? That Justin, if I tried to stand on a cardboard, no, 
My my other obvious one is, of course, Golden Sun. Um, I do not want a sequel to Dark Dawn. I think Dark Dawn was a terrible choice on someone's part. Um, I would love for them to either reboot it in some way or remake it or whatever. But yeah, Gold, Golden Sun needs to come back. I'd love to see a Golden Sun return. I, absolutely one of the best RPGs ever. Just so, so good. It's a, yeah. I just, I, I, the last one we got was on the DS, Reb. <sighs> no, that game's dead to me. <laughs> Brandon, what about you? Brandon, what about, uh, uh, give us a, give us a franchise that has been long dormant that you would like to see yeah. return. Yeah, um, it's hard to think of. I think the last one in this series was on the DS, but it was uh, Bangayo from Treasure. I think it was oh, a, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was shit, Bangayo. yeah. Some name with like Bangayo and then like two words where the initials are DNS, I think. I, like, I thought you said Ben Gay for a minute. I was like. If they want to make a game out of Ben Gay, however they <laughs> Go right that, ahead. I mean, yeah. But yeah, Banga. I like big robots shooting lots of missiles. It's uh, it was oh, that's a old school, dude. That's a... That was a treasure game, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep, side scrolling. It's not. It's not a bullet hell game as much as it's sort of like a. It's like, it's like a platformer more than anything. It's a puzzle game, actually. It's a lot of things. It's great. Justin, what, what about you? It was like there was. It was on the N sixty four, the Dreamcast, the DS, and it just hasn't. Been it was a DS game, Brandon. Long. Yeah, there was. It was not as good as the N sixty four and Dreamcast. Okay. One. There was a DS. I had fucking DS. forgotten all about that shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah, the Dreamcast bang guy was the best one. Justin. So, two-headed giant. I'm not even kidding. Just said what I was going to say. In chat, two-headed Donkey giant. Donkey Konga. Thank you, Donkey Konga. Fuck Donkey Konga. Did- Got to do something with those bongos. Um, I'd- <laughs> Jesus. That game was so much fun. Or, or wait, am I getting the name wrong? What's the one that was the platform where you played at the bongos? Jungle Beat. That was Jungle, Jungle Beat. Beat. Jungle, Jungle Beat. Jungle Beat. I'm sorry, Jungle Beat. Jungle Beat was one of the most fun platformers I have ever played. Uh, like, it felt like a combination of a rhythm. It was a combination of a rhythm game and a platformer. It was great. Like, you, you I love also... the idea of blending, like, rhythm with action in games. And, like, that game was a really great, like, implementation implementation of it. It was just a blast. It would also be a really good excuse for uh, Nintendo to release a new set of congas. You could call them the Joy Congas. Like Ooh, it, perfect, yeah, dude. It, perfect. It, yeah, dude. It fucking literally writes itself. Joy Congas. Holy shit, Joy Congas! Oh my god. Although they're I called bongos, it. so maybe yeah, it wouldn't you know work. you fucking love it. Joy Congas is brilliant. It. It's, it's great. Okay. Everybody, get on Twitter right now. Hashtag Joy Congas. Get oh that my shit god, going. Bring back Wario Land. Fuck, there's so many good franchises. Um, so yeah, there's like a- make a point on every podcast to say that we need more Wario Land games. Holy Wario, shit. Land. I'm never going to shut up Game about Wario Land. One of, Wario, it's one of the greatest platformers ever. It's so good. I'll give you that. It's fucking Holy really, And on my modded Game Boy Advance, it looks real fucking good to that AGS 101 uh. backlit screen. Fucking crisp. crisp Are you trying crisp. to sell this Fuck. modded Game Boy Advance, John? What's that? Are you like a shill for the Game Boy Advance You're, mod community? What are you talking Yes, I am because it's fucking gorgeous. What are gorgeous. you doing? Did Wario have nipples in Wario Land 4 since you have the HD whatever the If fuck. I could mod Wario if I could mod Wario Land nipple. 4 to to, to prove or nipple. disprove once and for all that Wario has nipples, I I would do it. <sighs> I'm going to find it. a way to do it, Rob, just for you. I'm going to I'm going to make it happen. Another question from at @realshanej 
What's next for Mario? Odyssey 2, more ports, big 2D title, Mario RPG 2, and I'm talking major title, not Mario Maker or Mario Party type titles. I don't know about you guys, but it's I think it's it's absolutely Odyssey 2. Oh, yeah. Period. Wait, what? Uh, what is going to be the next big Mario game? Oh. Mm-hmm. We got Galaxy 2. It's going to be Odyssey 2. They're not... The yeah. I, think we, I think it's going to be an Odyssey 2. I yep. think that's... Yeah, that seems pretty fair. I think there's I re- what I, I mentioned this on Twitter. I really, really want a port of 3D World for Switch because I think it's inevitable. I, I never had a Wii U. I I only got a 3DS a couple of years ago, and I loved 3D Land, uh, the 2DS. I would I would really, really like to play um, 3D World. So, well, I I think that I think there's so much more, and I think you're going to get a 3D World port. I, I really do. I think there's there's so much more to mine in the Odyssey games. Like, uh, Reb, let me throw this at you. Imagine uh, a Super Mario Odyssey 2 uh, with a world based on Isle Delfino. Actually, my my extremely, like, like wild gamer theory, Twitter-ass bullshit idea of what that... So the reason why the whole situation with Mario, Mario Sunshine came up earlier today is because Nintendo published a tweet where they were, I, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't have the exact wording, but it was basically like, hope your summer odysseys were great and full of sunshine. Full of sunshine, whatever. yeah. Yeah, it, it specifically used the words odyssey and sunshine, and it had this render that we've seen before, apparently, of Mario eating watermelon. Only um, he didn't have shoes. I've never seen his feet before, and it was kind of off-putting. It was a little off-putting. He had toenails. That was strange. It was weird, yeah. Um, But, like, like the text of that might... They were being cheeky, but my my big wild Twitter theory is that they're adding some kind of DLC to Odyssey that is going to involve sunshine. Because if you recall in the original, like, like pre release maps that we saw of that game, there was like a little Island in the corner that looked just like Isle Delfino. So, so, I mean, that's, that's like this wild theory. I, I know Jack shit. Of course, I'm probably wrong. I'm not going to be making any bets about this. Well, no, Reb, um, I, I, but I would I, love that. God, I don't I think you're so wrong. Much. Reb, I don't think you're wrong. I, I was convinced for a while they were going to add DLC to Odyssey because it makes sense, right? Like, do a, do a Luigi's Mansion world where everything's haunted. Do an Isle Delfino world. But I, honestly, I, I think that was probably planned at some point, but it's just going to become Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Odyssey 2. Um, you know, and... and yeah. uh, I think the thing about Odyssey 2 that, like, confused me is I really... I genuinely did not... So so Breath of the Wild and Odyssey have been, like, the two real big games that they've done so far. Right. I mean, they've done tons of games on this, but, but those are, like, the two just, just like, fucking home run hitters, right? Um, and they're both, they're both, like... There's sirens in the background. They're both, like, new entries in these huge franchises that Nintendo has. And I, I genuinely did not think that Breath of the Wild 2 was... I thought there was no fucking way. I mean, people, people were like, well, because people we never like had saying a that on Twitter. To a Zelda game. Right. Well, eh, that's well no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A link between worlds. I'm sorry. Still arguable. Um, but yeah, like I, I didn't think there was any fucking way. I thought that was just some sort of crazy pipe dream, but they're doing it. They're actually fucking doing it. Um, but I don't, I don't know that they would do it with Mario as well. I know they did it with galaxy. I just, I just don't know where they're going with this. Like, I think it's more likely that they're working on porting more of the Wii U Mario games onto Switch, um, possibly teasing a Sunshine remake. Um, I, I I don't know. Like, I, I'm a little skeptical about an Odyssey 2. I don't know if that's what, where they're going with this. I, I mean, I, I, I do think that it's inevitable that, that 3D World gets ported. I think, I, I mean, the writing's on the I, I think that's, that's absolutely going to be a thing. 
I um, hope so. I love that game. Three World is fucking great. Oh, um, yeah. That's yeah, it. especially after New Super Mario Bros. Deluxe hit 2 million. Yeah, 3D World is absolutely coming. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like announced at this direct coming up on Saturday. Or uh, Saturday, Jesus. In September, <laughs> to be honest with you. Brandon, do you, have any, do, you have, do you have any Mario? I know you're not a huge Nintendo guy. Yeah, I'm not any- a huge Mario fan, but I, I like the old ones. Uh, it's going to be, I mean, as far as the question goes, yeah, it's going to be Odyssey 2. I, yeah, okay. I, I think, yeah. I, I, either Odyssey 2 or a 3D World port. I think either one is just as likely as the other. I would personally love to see them just like, like I mean, I would love to see a, a Sunshine remake, but I would really love to see them do something like, I guess Mario Maker was it, right? Like they, I I, I don't like the 3D worlds and the, you know, the, the, I don't like the 2D Mario platformers anymore. Like the really basic platformers that they keep doing. Um, I, I love, I, I think Mario Maker is an absolutely fucking brilliant idea but, you know, there's kind of this thought that, like, okay, maybe they'll put, like, a 3D World 2 or, like, like some new iteration of whatever right. that format is and have that be a new game for the Switch. And I just, like, I'm so bored by it. I hope they don't. Like, I hope they just find something else interesting to do. I, um, I would love for the next big Mario game on Switch to be Super, Mario, Super Mario RPG 2. But, you know, that's oh, just Oh, yeah. That'd be great. That's a real good thing. And, and let, <laughs> let the team behind Kingdom Battle de- uh, uh, actually develop it. Because those guys have a very clear reverence for the for you know for the world of Mario. Uh, another question. I love this question actually. This is from at Lervenar on Twitter. The question always posed is, "What game do you wish you could experience for the first time?" I'd like to shift that a bit. What soundtrack do you wish you could discover again? Oh, I thought this was fucking great. Hmm. Um, and I thought about this all day long. Uh, and I think the I think the answer uh, for me is has got to be Secret of Evermore on Super Nintendo. Um, th- it was uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Br- uh, Jeremy Soul was 16 years old, and this was his first game. Uh, this was the first game that he or he, had, he might have been a little older, but he was in his teens, and he did the uh, oh look at that Reb's Kitty. Uh, he did the music for Secret of Evermore, which was the only uh, uh, SquareSoft that they were SquareSoft at the time. They had set up a U.S. studio. This was the only game that studio ever actually developed, and it was criminally underrated. I consider it to be better than Secret of Mana uh, in every conceivable way. It's better if you're playing by yourself. It, yeah, it's and it's it's just such a good good fucking game, and the soundtrack to the game, like the soundtrack for Secret of Evermore, go up, go to YouTube and listen to a track called Podunk nineteen. I think it's Podunk nineteen sixty four, and just it is such a haunting. The soundtrack itself is haunting and melancholy, and it is just fucking. It is great. One of the finest OSTs in in the entire industry, and the game is never talked about because it was kind of forgotten by time. But yeah, Secret of Evermore would be mine. Fucking fantastic sound. Brandon, what about you? Uh, it's hard. Um, Earthbound. Oh, that's a good mm. one. It, it actually, it wasn't yeah. that hard. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Earthbound has such a insane variety of, of like different styles of music across. It's like, it's like, you don't, you don't get, you don't, know what you're in store for like just you know exploring the first town and dungeon and stuff like the music is just so eclectic that like there's a lot to discover there i i think the um the battle with gigas is one of the best tracks in the entire game just because it's so chaotic and terrifying and it just oh like that 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 whole sequence brandon just put me off 
Yeah. In a good way. I love, I love me some Earthbound. In a good way. Uh, Reb, what about you? That God, that's so tough. There's a lot of like individual musical moments. I think I wish I could re-experience like like the first time you go to another world in Chrono Cross, um, the first time you enter the Elemental Star Room in Golden Sun, the first time you hear the whatever the weird ass shit is going on in Warrior Land Four. Um, I don't know, like the first time I realized Temple of Time in Breath of the Wild was the Temple of Time music, but like broken because the yeah. temple was literally broken, like super symbolic. I think like I think like my actual answer is probably the, what I mentioned on the podcast earlier, where the water tastes like wine, because um, that it's, it's this indie game that came out uh, la two years ago, last year, something like that, um, and it's you're basically like playing this kind of character who's been cursed by the devil. Uh, to roam the United States during the, I think, the Great Depression. Oh, that's cool. um, and you're like, like hearing different people's stories as you go along and like listening to their stories. And then you take their stories that you've heard and then you move on and you tell someone else their story and you keep sharing these stories. And as you tell them and as they, they get told around the United States, they start to grow into myths and legends. And it's, it's very much a game about storytelling, um, about, about the struggles of people, you know, people dealing with like race issues, people dealing with poverty, like, like all the kind of the idea of manifest destiny, all these different things. It's really good. Um, but the soundtrack is fantastic. The soundtrack is like, okay, the soundtrack is like this, this incredible, like, oh God, like folk music, like all, all custom written, written for it with like, like vocals and all this really great shit. And it has this song called a uh, vagrant song. And when I first played the game, I was really fucking annoyed because vagrant song plays all constantly on the world map like it's the same song with the same lines and i was really annoyed because by the end of the game i was just humming along with it the whole time i was like god i know every word of the song now but it's different depending on what region you're in so there's like a different version for appalachia there's a different version for the midwest there's a different version for the like the pacific coast and for the southwest um there's one in spanish there's one that's instrumental they all have different instrumentations and different voices singing them um and it's like it's one of those games that when I played it through, I didn't appreciate it. But after walking away from it, it sticks in my mind and the music sticks in my mind. And I have, I have, oh, I have a lot of video game soundtracks on my playlists, but I don't have a lot of video game soundtracks on my playlist for stuff that I sing to. And that one absolutely is. And it's just, cool. it's really, it's really good. And I wish I could experience it for the first time again, like maybe as a slightly older, wiser person and maybe appreciate it a little bit more the very first time I go into it. That's really Reb. That was that was that was that was really meaningful. Thank you. Yeah, go play where the water tastes like wine. It's a really interesting game, and it's a lot apparently like Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> Walking across the United States, making connections. I, I don't know, east to west. Only without the piss and mushrooms. Same game. <laughs> Justin, what about you, man? Uh, I think for me, it would have to be Super Metroid. Ooh, good choice. Uh, hmm. The music in that game still like the it's, best. It's, just, the best it's, still, it's still so. Um, it's it's just still so evocative of each region. Um, it's still so atmospheric. Like, oh, it's. It, I'm not. I'm not good at talking about music like <laughs> like uh, like this, but like it just. It's one of the first games that, like, the music really deeply, deeply resonated with me. Um, well, I think it's that sense of then, solitude and loneliness. Yeah. Is, it really delivers it. And, like, also, like, that series also has kind of 
recreated the moments where I was, you know, listening to Super Metroid soundtrack. I still remember, I'll never forget the first time I booted up Metroid Prime and heard that, uh, that menu screen music. Oh my God, yeah. I, I replayed Metroid Prime earlier this year, Justin, on Wii U, and uh, it just every time, man, like like the just. It's, it's like, so, well, I'm not starting the game now. This is all I need. Is yeah, that. it's so fucking good. Um, all right, so we've got time for uh, we've got time for one more, uh, and this is a question from Dio, our friend Dio. What is the best story in gaming for the crew, and why? Um, mm. man, I this is just so hard. This, God. Is, a, <laughs> this is a tough one. Honestly, Wait, say it again. Say it again. What is the best story in gaming for the crew, and why? Oh shit! Wow. <laughs> this might actually have to wait so I can think about it. Mm. Best story in gaming. Because wow. I, I mean, I know that the minute. I drop an answer. I'm gonna want. You're gonna think it. of like ten other things that are yeah. even better. Yeah. And so, why don't we agree to? Why don't we all just name one that we think is good, like like that just comes to mind okay. that maybe isn't the best one in the world, but maybe like maybe shoot for one that we haven't talked about a lot on the show before, because like I'm automatically thinking of a bunch of games I've already mentioned on the show before. Yeah. And so now too. I'm trying to think of one that I have not discussed on the show before. Reb, do you want to kick us off, or do you want somebody? No, else no, I don't, because I don't have an idea yet. Okay, I'm working uh, on it. Brandon, what about you? Do you want to go? Brandon? Nope. Nope. Brandon doesn't want to go. <laughs> All right. Uh, Brandon, uh, you're muted, by the way. Oh, that's oh, what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting here talking to myself again. Um, yeah, no, it's too hard. Oh, okay. I've got mine. I've got mine. Okay, go ahead, Rep. Um, one that comes to mind that I have not spoken about on this podcast before that I can remember. Um, I think rhyme. Uh, Rhyme is really good. It's oh, yeah. uh, I think that's that's published by Tequila Works. I think that's correct. I think um, so. It came out a couple of years ago. I'm pretty sure 2016, maybe 2017. 2017 is probably right. Um, and the story is you play as this little boy uh, who gets washed up on an island, um, kind of this weird island full of like mysterious ruins. And it's a puzzle. It's like a puzzle action platformer kind of thing. You explore this island. There's some puzzles. Um, most of the puzzles have to do with things like light and shadow, um, you know, moving things around. There's no dialogue. It's all. It's a very visual story. Um, and I, it's a couple of years old. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and spoil the ending. And I I apologize if you if you have ever any intention of playing Rhyme, please like like mute us for a few minutes and come back because the ending of Rhyme like really genuinely turns how you see the entire game. And it's it's like. I, I don't often say that you need to play a game to the very end to get it. I think that's not fair. I think that if I'm not hooked in the first couple hours, then it's not fair. But I really think that with Grime, you actually need to beat it. And then all of a sudden, everything takes on this whole new characterization. Um, so you play as this little boy. And as you're exploring this island, there's this man that you keep seeing in a red cloak. And he keeps appearing off in the distance. And as you move toward him, he'll, like, vanish. He'll, like, go around a corner. And then you come back. He's, like, he's like gone. And you kind of get this impression that like you'll see kind of these weird like flashback things where you're on a boat and the man is like falling off the boat and drowning and you're trying to save him and so there's kind of this understanding that the relationship is like a son and his father and the father has died um and the boy is like regretting and trying to save him and you go through this whole game and there's so many puzzles that deal with like kind of the idea of loss or losing something or filling a gap 
or you know there's like a there's one puzzle where there's a shadow of a, like a father statue and then you have to fill in the shadow of the sun to, with the light shining behind you to move forward and you play this whole game assuming that you're a son trying to deal with the grief of losing his father and then at the very end the very very last stage of the game you realize the whole thing was this strange dream by a father who has just lost his son in a yeah. sailing accident of some sort and he's the the entire game was based on the five stages of grief. Um, and you actually go back to the menu if you want to replay the stages and you pick the stage that you want to do. Um, and the whole thing was him like trying to process his grief. And I played it twice. I played it through once and then I played it through a second time with a friend who had never played a video game before in her life. And she, I was enjoying like working with her through playing the video game for the first time and like helping her learn how, what video games were. But also I was seeing this game in a whole new light as I played through the second time, because like the puzzles you're getting, the first time you're playing through, you're getting the impression you're, you're this, the son and the father is like, the, there's this other statue of an adult that's there. And so you're thinking, oh, there's this figure that's missing in his life, but really the empty space was where the son was. And so it was you that were missing, was missing. It wasn't the father. And there's this shape that's like a keyhole that like all the doors in the game are this keyhole and there's keyholes all over the place and you're constantly filling them. And the very last scene of the game is the father sitting in his room and he's holding a key in his hands and he's dreading going into his son's room for the first time since his son's death and he has to go, you know, unlock the door. And he's just dwelling on the fact that he has to approach this keyhole and deal with it. And at the end of the game, he finally does it and he grieves. And it's just, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a parent. I've never dealt with anything remotely close to that loss, but I felt it like, you know, as much as anyone can feel empathy for that kind of thing in a game. And it was just, it was really beautiful. There's, there's also like, like you're playing through the game and there's all these collectibles and they're kind of like little things. Like there's a little, like a seagull collectible and there's like a little, like a little fox that, um, you know, kind of follows you around. You collect all these little toys and you think, oh, it's collectibles, whatever. And then depending on which ones you picked up at the end of the game, when you go into the boy's room, they were his toys. And if you picked it up, then the father can kind of pick it up and like remember his son playing with it and he puts it down. And it's just like, it's just, it's, it's amazing. The whole thing's done without words. Um, even if you don't play the game, hop on Spotify, look for the soundtrack, the music of rhyme, R I M E. It's, it's absolutely incredible. It's so beautiful. Um, and it's just, it's, I think it was one of the most affecting stories. A lot of people kind of like said, whatever, like the puzzles are, they're, they're easy. It's not, it's not a challenging it's game. It's journey. not, it really is. And I, I, again, like I say, it's, it's about an eight to 10 hour game. I, I very, I, I really don't think that it's fair to say, oh, well, you have to, you have to beat the game. You have to beat the game to understand it. You have to beat the game to love it. But I think the, in this case, it's so short and the game itself, it, the game itself is not bad. Like it's an, it's an enjoyable to play through. Um, but I think hitting that end really just changes how you feel about it. And that game, I th it's one of the best stories I've ever played well, through. And, it just, as a, I played through it. And as a father who, has is yeah. very close to his son. Like that ending fucking got me. Like oh yeah, like, I can't even imagine how Christ. much that would have fucked yeah. you up. It's so good. I'll um, but it's hard. Rev, that was great. That was great. Yeah. Um, I love that game. I will. I'll give mine very quickly, simply because uh, I don't want to. Like I like if you haven't played it, you need to because I'm not going to tell you what the ending scene is. But it's a game that I've never mentioned on this podcast before. Uh, it's a platformer. It's a Metroidvania actually called Owlboy. <gasps> I and love Owlboy. Owlboy is fucking. Awesome. Oh, that's it is, good. It is that's legitimately one of the most beautiful pixel art games in existence. Mm. Um, and it's the story. Uh, it's a story. It's a basically a clan of uh, owl people, like you know, anthropomorphic owls. And you play as Otis, uh, and uh, Otis is mute, so he just he talks uh, through the game. Basically, you have to 
you have to look at his face and look at his gestures and understand how he's feeling. And all I'll say about Owlboy is that the final scene of the game in the ending is shattering. It's really good. I love Owlboy. That's and a really good call. It was, Reb, like, the end is so meaningful. And when, when you, like, and I was just like, oh, man, what a what an end to that fucking game. And uh, the whole ending sequence had me thinking for days. And please, if you haven't played Owlboy, do yourself a favor. Go pick it up. It is so fucking good. That one, that's, that one ends up being a really, and I, I, I can't really. dark. I, it does get dark. I can't really attest to this because I don't have these life experiences, but it, it, it ends up being an interesting commentary on disability yeah. and what it means. And I, I don't know. I, I appreciated it for that. It's a fucking great game. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Uh, I don't really have one after those. Like, Jesus. <laughs> like, specifically, you're saying one that I haven't mentioned on the show before? I mean, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, it's just okay. a guideline. Because I mean, my favorite story in the game is Final Fantasy VII, but, like... Uh, uh, for once, John did not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is what it is. It's, it's, been 20, it's been 20 years. What do you want from me? That's fine, Brandon. That's fine. You can like, you can like the video games you like. Right, but just, also, yeah, like the story is like, uh, uh, yeah, a guy finds yeah. out he's a magic experiment and, uh, you know, wants to destroy the <laughs> world. Uh, it doesn't really compare to Rhyme. Who, but I mean, Brandon, who among us has not been magically experimented on with Mac, with Mako <laughs> energy and turned into a Sephiroth clone? Who among us has not experienced this? Brandon? among us? Brandon's done. Okay, Justin, go ahead. <laughs> so I probably mentioned the game on the show before, but I was trying to think of one that I hadn't mentioned as much as some of the others that were going through my mind. And it's What Remains of Edith Finch. That game is... Which game? One of the, What Remains of Edith Finch. Ooh, that's... that's I was, I, it was either Owlboy or Edith Finch for me, man. Mm, it's... um. It's one of the most touching games I think I've ever played. Um, I'm just going to describe the base con- concepts for it because I think part of part of the fun of the game is just the sheer um, is the the variety in it and being surprised by some of the gameplay scenarios that come up. But essentially, um, you play as um, you play as uh, Edith uh, Finch. Um, and she is returning to her old family home and exploring the various rooms of her ancestors. And um, basically in each room, you will then there's like a short like vignette that you play um, with each character that reflects their personality. Um, and they, they say their family is cursed um, to all die <laughs> at young ages or a very, you know, you know, uh, sad circumstances. So you you basically play through the death of each character. Um, at, in our at, at you, so, ugh, sorry, I'm very tired this week. Um, so you kind of play through the um final moments of each of you know the various members of her family, and uh, each scene is so like. Th- the sheer variety in each scene yeah. is shocking. And um, so many of those scenes hit me so hard. And some of them even feel almost... Especially the bathtub, Justin. Yes. 
that was that was what I was thinking of. Um, because that scene, some of these scenes e- even feel almost uplifting at times, and then you remember the tragedy of the scene, yeah. and it and it really hits you as a player, and like you see how much of these people's personalities are reflected in these little gameplay segments and their rooms as you explore. Um, it's a really, really touching game. It's one of my all-time favorites. Um, I highly, highly recommend you guys check out What Remains Great. of Eden. That's a good choice. Yeah. One of the thing, other things that I love about that is that something that people tend to obsess over in is like they like the lore like they want to know all the answers they want to find out the truth about everything and kind of one of the things that Edith Finch does is it leaves some questions just fucking unanswered like there's the one son that you just never find out what happened to him like oh actually that that is answered that's an easter egg oh fuck off Justin okay well <laughs> it's it's actually don't tell that... me I'll tell you after we go off no I don't want to know that's my point, right? Like, I oh, walked, okay. well, I walked I mean, away from that game, and there was... No, no, Reb, you, you might actually like it because there... It's still not, like, clear, but, like, you have a new game. You have another game to play, then. Ugh, whatever. Okay, you can tell me later. But, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, the point I was going to make before Justin ruined it is that there's, like... <laughs> There's like some things about this game that are just unknowable, right? Like you just, you don't have answers. And, and you don't, even without the whole thing with the sun, there's some shit that you just don't have answers for. Like, like you don't really have, you have like ideas that maybe there was some mental illness things going on. Like, like maybe, maybe something happened to this character. Maybe everybody, maybe it was all just in everybody's heads, but you never really quite pinned down exactly like what certain things were going on and, or what became of certain characters. And that's like, fine like like sometimes you, things are just unknowable and it's okay not to know them and it's okay to walk away from them and i i thought that was one of the beautiful things about that game yeah what a fucking great game i after i finished uh edith finch i remember sitting down here in my little room here with the lights off and just listening to that that menu theme for like an hour and just just thinking about what i just experienced what a what a great fucking game um we are uh, we are bumping up on time here uh, so uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and wrap it up. I want to remind everybody uh, that uh, a bunch of us will be at PAX West next week. Uh, I will once again be the Hope Booth Coordinator for TakeThis.org. So uh, if you stop on by the Diversity Lounge, you can check us out up there. Uh, please stop by. Don't forget the AFK room, which is a place you can go chill out if the stress of the convention starts kind of pressing you down. And Reb, you've got some PAX-related stuff that you wanted to mention as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually, I'm there for gamesindustry.biz. Um, if you're running around, please say hi. If I like look frantic or don't immediately notice you, it's because I'm running to an appointment that I'm late for and I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm hosting a total of four and I'm a part of a total of five if you count another one. So uh, I'm just going to run through them really quick. If they're th- if you're at PAX um, or I know some of them will probably end up appearing online at some point. Um, the first one is on Saturday of PAX West, Saturday the 31st at 3 o'clock p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Uh, it's called Game Developers versus Crunch. Um, I've got a couple of game developers who are going to talk about um, their experiences with the crunch in the industry um, and kind of ways that they've found to avoid crunching. Um, so, you know, that's, that's what the panel's about. 
pretty basic. Uh, next one is on Saturday again at 6.30 p.m. Uh, good news, everyone. A discussion of reporting on video games. Um, I've got me, uh, Matt Kim from IGN, uh, Eric Van Allen uh, from US Gamer, and Imran actually is on that as well. Um, and we're going to talk about, you know, kind of our jobs and what we do day to day as news writers um, in the games industry and kind of the challenges that come with that job. Um, that, that'll be a fun time where the, the DM for that went wildly off the rails, um, but it'll be great. Um, the next one is on Sunday at 6 p.m. Uh, it's called Give Peace a Chance, Death to Violent Games. If you're like me and you love super peaceful, happy, chill games, um, I've got some really cool people on there. Actually, if you've been following Skatebird, um, Skatebirds, uh, Megan Fox is on there, uh, Danny Weinbaum. East Shade, if any of you watched me stream that earlier this year, he's on my panel. Uh, Beck Saltzman from Finji is going to be there. Um, and we're going to talk about peaceful games where you don't murder people, and it's going to be great. Um, and then the last one is on Monday. It's, it's called Said Something Stupid on Social Media. I'm going to talk with some PR and comms people about um, kind of the general overview of this year and social media faux pas and if you're some kind of up and coming person in the industry, if you want to you know, be a streamer or a podcaster or, or a writer, whatever you're doing, um, how to avoid saying dumb things on social media and what to do if you accidentally say something that's really problematic. Um, and then the last one that I absolutely have to plug is not when I'm hosting. Um, this is Saturday on Saturday the 31st at 9 p.m. This one will be live streamed, I'm sure. Um, John and I are actually both a part of this. This is the annual kind of funny inner website video game tournament. Um, the two of us, um, I know Imran and Chad is on it. A couple of our friends i think have kind of indicated that they're on it uh, belinda's um, on it belinda's um, on it okay belinda's on it uh sydney goodman from ign is on it cool uh i don't know if jared is on it again i don't know gary witta is gonna be on it this year gary like, witta is on it this year yeah um, um my my, but, my redemption is at hand that's all i fuck know off, john what um, Reb, i want you to know reb i i i, I you are a super close friend of mine but for that hour we're not ah, friends whatever. anymore. Ah, whatever. We're... Anyway, basically, this is a goof tournament from it's different websites, podcasts, and channels get together and have like it, it's like really fast paced. We... But we basically just have a video game tournament and see who wins. And Greg hopefully, nobody some... steals the trophy again. Reb and runs or tries to run out of the room with it. I'm not going to talk about that. Um, but <laughs> like last year, we all lost it, overcooked, and it was great. So it sh it should be fun. That one, I'm sure, will be. Uh, streamed on kind of funny's channel so yeah it was streamed last year that. actually yeah it will be again so at the at the very least if you're not going to pax that one we know for a fact will be streamed um that's on saturday the 31st at 9 p.m pacific uh definitely tune into kind of funny on twitch and watch that tournament where it, it's, it's such a good time it's so much fun watch me so win. Come to yeah that's let's pack let's do you elaborate on the con conflict reports that you did or did not be okay yeah real quick so so Greg Miller is wrong, um, but but and I'm, I'm going to be very serious about this because I'm I'm not I'm not trying to be cocky about this. Here's what happened: we were playing Super Sports Match In, I think is what it's called, and I was in the first round. His made up idea that I only beat him in the overall standings is invented because we were the first round, if I remember correctly, and we played and we tied. There were three of us. Somebody got zero. Greg and I each had one point, and in the in the game rankings like it listed who won first second and third it randomly picked who was first and second because greg and i had tied and it put him in first and me in second and then the person who got zero points in third so we tied but then it does the game individual game rankings and the overall rankings over the course of the like set of matches you're doing and in that one it flipped us and it put me in front of him 
we both had the same score. I was about ready to be really gracious and let him go on because fucking Greg Miller, like people are there to see Greg Miller, they're not there to see me. But he had a microphone and he was like, no, you're going on, you're going on. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue with a man with a microphone. And so I went on. So my joke is that I beat him in a video game. I did not technically beat him in a video game, but I did tie him in a video game. And so if he's trying to claim that he actually won, then he's mistaken. It was a tie. I'm going to kick his ass this year. I'm going to kick his ass this year. That's fine. That's all that. You're going to kick his ass this year, Reb? I'm going to kick his ass this year. Actually, I think he kind of implied on kind of any game daily that he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to be playing this year, which sucks, but I don't know if that's true. That may not be true. Well, at any rate, if you want to see what happens, tune into Kind of Funny on their Twitch channel. I'm sure that's where it'll be streamed. And uh, and check it out. It's going to be a great time. I'm really looking forward to PAX. I always love going to PAX and uh, just seeing all my friends. If you see me walking around in my stupid beanie or PAX, come up and say hi, please. Don't don't uh, don't be scared away by my mean my my mean demeanor. I'm actually quite nice and huggable. Yeah, Derek, Finn, and Jeff are going to be there too. <laughs> they will absolutely. Uh, Derek, Derek's going to be there. Finn will be there. Uh, Je- Jeff will be there. I'm so excited about Jeff coming. It's the first time I'm meeting Jeff, Jeff in person for the first time yeah. ever. And uh, oh, it's good. It's, it's just going to be fucking great. So anyway, uh, we will go ahead and uh, get out of here for the evening. Thank you everybody for tuning in to hang out with us tonight. Uh, it was a rough week and uh, for a lot of people, and we're glad that you came in here and uh, did your best to forget it for a little while. And of course, it's not always poetry. We don't always agree, but we always keep it real. So until next week, please take care of each other and enjoy your video games. We will see you later. <laughs>